Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Um, today is graduation recognition. We'll be doing that 1045 service with, um, with all those students from college and, and high school. And the message today is it's kind of directed towards them in a way that kind of thematically when I was thinking about this Sunday What would I say to people who are graduating and entering into another season of life? But as I thought about it, I wonder Was this message just for people who are graduating? Was this message for people who are just entering a new season or is there something we can all relate to that? Maybe God has a new season for all of us and I'm wondering, question for you this morning. When you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing you think about? When you wake up in the morning, what do you wake up thinking about? What would you say to that? Or, and, and, and maybe I need to rephrase the question for some of you this morning that you can relate to this a little bit better. When you wake up in the morning, after you have your coffee, what do you think about, right? I know there's some of you, I know the answer, yes. After you have your coffee, what do you think about? Maybe another way I could ask this is, what is the reason you get out of bed? Is it because you have to? Or is there something more? Study after study um, people have done of the influence and the effects on people's lives when you wake up in the morning knowing that your life matters versus just existing. Study after study are done the effects on people when they wake up knowing they've got something to live for versus they just have to live. It makes a difference. I think that we can all admit today that we feel our best not just because of circumstances. We feel our best when we get up in the morning knowing there's something, someone needs us in this world. But here's the confusing part for humanity for me. Here's the confusing part. I think that we all want our lives to matter. I think we all want more meaning. We want more purpose. I think that we um, want our life to have a significance beyond the, maybe the mundane things of life. But there's a problem. That while we say we want it, many of us walk around. I think a majority of the population walks around wanting our life to matter more, all while settling for less than is right there on our fingertips. I think with our mouth we say we want our life, and there's a groaning inside of us that we says we want more to life, but we settle for things in life that don't fill that place kind of in our soul that does groan. My argument today is going to be simply this. I think you are exactly the person, and I think you are in the exact right spot right now to experience a significance that deep inside you want to. 
I don't think you have to change your spot to experience the significance. I think we just have to settle, stop settling for less. In the 1800s, there was a significant event that happened in America. In the mid-1800s, there was an event that was called the Gold Rush of California. Have you heard of this before? From the year 1848 to around 1855, people from all over the world decided the place they needed to be in life was the state of California. It said that 300,000 people migrated to the state over this time period. Why? Why did people do this? What were they looking for? Were they looking for a, a new beginning? Were they looking for a chance for a, a bigger reason to live? Were they just looking to get rich? Were they looking for a chance to find that treasure in the ground? That would change everything about their life. Why did so many people migrate to the state of California? I think for those people, there's a reason. It's because there was something there that they didn't have in their life. There was an opportunity for more. And so you read stories about these people that were going out west, and, and some of them went by land, and some of them went by boat, but it was significantly cheaper to go out by land. It costs roughly about $300, depending where you live, coast to coast. This is equivalent to thousands of our dollars. And in order for people to go out west, and in order for them to get that, that place on the stagecoach, the wagon, you read stories about families, individuals, who sold everything they had. They sold everything they had because of two reasons. One was they were leaving and they couldn't leave the stuff behind because you don't know what happens to it when you're gone. And there was no room for it on the stagecoach. There's no room for it on, on their, in their transportation. And two, they needed the money. They were willing to sell everything they had in order to have this chance at this treasure in the other part of the country, some people, the world. They wanted a chance at their dreams. The problem, though, is that so many people died on the way of chasing these dreams. It's said that 30,000 people may have died as they began their journey out west. And the other problem is when people arrived, much of what they expected never came to fruition. Much of what they expected life to be when they got to this place never panned out. What they observed what they experienced when they got there was honestly many people never got rich they only got exploited by the people who had kind of set up shops and were selling supplies and taking advantage of people who came out i read a, i read a story where a mining pan you know a mining pan that people would have used many times before people got there were 20 cents after people started coming and arriving for the gold rush they started selling for eight dollars 
Imagine if something went from 20 cents to $8, what to the rest of, of what life would have been. Everything that they sold and they get out there. And what happened was it was all taken from them. And very few people got rich. Most people were left with nothing. Nothing but regret. Nothing but disappointment. They actually end up worse than when they left for this dream. All throughout the Gospels, you'll see Jesus speaking to large crowds. All throughout the Gospels, you'll see Jesus speaking to crowds, and, he's, and, and if you re read the Gospels, you know he's teaching them, he's um, sharing stories and parables with them, he, he's giving them lessons on a new way of living. He's inviting them into something more. Jesus is teaching about what really matters in life. Jesus is teaching about how people can follow him and how it can change their life. In Matthew chapter 13, this is exactly what Jesus is doing. He's standing by a lake and he's speaking to a crowd of people. But then the teaching ends. Then the moment ends and, and, and people start funneling away and Jesus begins to walk away, and, but there's a problem. Because the disciples went with him and the disciples had heard what Jesus had to say, but they don't understand. And so they get to Jesus and they say, Jesus, can you teach us more about what you were talking about? We really don't understand. And Jesus, in his seemingly never-ending patience, begins to teach them. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus gives the twelve these words to chew on. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Then in joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. One day, if you have the chance, if you'd like to go to um, Israel with me, you know I do it every couple years. We will travel along the roads from the, the north around like Caesarea Philippi all the way down to the Dead Sea. And along these roads, you will see little uh, cities and, and a couple larger ones that maybe popped up since the time when Jesus was there. But as, as we drive, you'll see beautiful terrain, beautiful land. When we're in the region that's called Galilee you'll see this big body of water that's called the Sea of Galilee. It's, it's really a lake, but we call it the Sea of Galilee. And all around it, beautiful mountains and land. And this is the scene in which Jesus is talking to these crowds. He's, he's speaking to them, and then he goes and he speaks to the disciples. I want you to picture this because Jesus speaks these words and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man that's walking through these fields. Picture them all around. And, and as he's walking in the fields, he finds in the ground this treasure. 
This treasure is everything this man maybe has ever looked for. This treasure gives opportunity for him to experience a life he didn't have. He may go from being very poor to now rich. He, he, he sees this treasure and he wants it so badly, but the problem is the treasure is not his. He can't just take the treasure. This would be set theft. In order to get the treasure, get this, he'd have to attain it. He'd have to attain it. He'd have to get it in a very specific way. In order to attain it, there's a proper way to get this treasure. So he puts it back in the ground, and he goes home. And I want you to picture this mindset. He goes home and he looks at all the things that he has. He goes home and he thinks about all of his dreams for life. He goes home and he looks at the things that he's accumulated. And as he looks around and it settles on him what he has compared to the treasure that he found, he says, I'm going to sell all of this. I'm going to get rid of all of this because nothing I own compares to the treasure that I just found. This is what Jesus is trying to get his disciples to think about, to really meditate on because he had a message for them that was simple, but it is potentially life-changing. His message to them was the kingdom of heaven is better than anything this world has to offer. This is his message. The kingdom of heaven. Or you can read it in other gospels, the kingdom of God. It's the same thing. The kingdom of God is better than anything this world has to offer. The value is not even comparable. Now my question for you this morning is if I ask you, what the kingdom of heaven is, what the kingdom of God is, what would be your answer? What is Jesus talking about with the kingdom of heaven in this moment, the kingdom of God? My personal definition, what I believe is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is the place where God is on the throne and things are done his way. The kingdom of heaven is where God is on the throne and things are done here, done his way. And I want you to hear me in this. What if this conversation of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is bigger than some of us have ever talked about? I don't know what you've been taught in your life, but I know what I have seen in teachings, and sometimes this passage of Scripture is talked about. The kingdom of God is this destination that is, is beyond that someday we will get to. This treasure is a destination, is a place that we get to after we leave this earth. I've heard teaching, I've been taught in times that this treasure was salvation that Jesus was offering. That the treasure this guy found was that Jesus was the Messiah and salvation is found in him. And, but what if this moment 
is bigger than thinking about the kingdom of heaven as being a distant place that we go to when we die or salvation in Jesus. What if it's actually bigger than that? What if it's bigger than what even they realized as he was speaking about? What if there is so much more to this concept? Because we've got to remember, these are Jewish people. And Jewish people, the number thing, one thing they wanted was for that God to reign again on this earth for their people so that their life would be different, so their life would be changed. They wanted to get back into a seat of authority again on this earth. They're waiting for God to rule because when he rules, everything changes. And what we see all throughout the New Testament, Jesus is having conversations with people that in his arrival, it has come. That Jesus is telling them it is here because when God is on the throne and his way of ruling is happening, this is the kingdom of God. I think that's why when the disciples, they say, Jesus, we see you pray all the time. Jesus, we see you retreat all the time and go and pray, and we see prayer is a big deal. Will you teach us how to pray? And you know that prayer. If you've heard that prayer, one part of that prayer is he says, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May a place that is ruled in reign by you, where you are on the throne and things done your way, may it come to earth. May it be where we are just like it is in heaven. What I think is so big about this moment that may seem like just a simple one-verse sentence a parable, an analogy about a treasure. What I think is so powerful is Jesus is trying to get them to see that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is when God is centered and his rule reigns in that place. And I'm wondering, what would change about our life if we didn't have to wait what would change if we didn't have to wait to get to this destination that we talk about heaven? And what if it could be experienced and enjoyed here today and forever? What if our perspective changes in life that the kingdom of God is available to us here? We just have to attain this treasure in the proper way. And it would change everything about our lives. Why did Jesus have to say this? Why did Jesus want to say this? Why did they need to hear this teaching? And why do you and I need to hear this teaching today? It's because of what I said at the beginning. You don't have to say it aloud. For all of us to understand that each one of us has something deeper inside of us that wants our life to matter. We want a meaning. We want a purpose. This is why we see people struggle. 
when, say, um, they lose a, a job or something changes in their life that's been taken away, when, when some of you have experienced it on the other side of retirement. What's my life about now? There's a struggle that goes on. Parents experience this, and I'm a couple of years away from maybe experiencing this of empty nest when your whole life has been about your kids, and all of a sudden your kids are gone. It's like, well, what's my meaning now? And there's a struggle. There's a conversation that happens. I'm told about this moment because you almost have to rediscover, well, what do I do now? Because we want meaning. We want purpose. We want our life to matter, and we find ourselves in things, and when those things are gone, what do we do now? We all want to wake up in the morning and go, my life matters, but the problem is, is there's a battle for your heart and my heart. There's a battle for your heart and my heart of what is the most important treasure in life. What are we going to call the most valuable treasure while we're here on this earth? That there's a competition, there's a battle for your affections of what is going to be your driving purpose of what matters most in life. It mattered, this happened to them and it's happening to us today. And Jesus is announcing to the people, he's announcing to the people, I've got more for you. Jesus makes the point to them. There's a treasure that you've been searching for your whole life. And it's for your life specifically. But if you want this treasure, you have to go about it in a certain way. There's some decisions to make if you want this treasure. To, to get this treasure, you're going to have to do kind of what, what the story of the gold rush was, that people wanted the chance they had to sell everything to get there. You kind of have to approach life that way, except, hear me on this, unlike the story of the gold rush story, I don't think Jesus is talking literal here. I think he's talking spiritual. I think what he means in this moment is to get the treasure Jesus was offering, we need to get rid of anything we value more than the kingdom of God. To get the treasure that Jesus is offering, we have to go about it a certain way. And what Jesus is calling out is not an easy task. It's not a simple thing. We have to get rid of anything. We have to push aside. We have to get it out of our life. Anything that would take the place of the kingdom of God. And this is not as easy as we sometimes make it out to be. Because I don't know if you are like me, but I've had some treasures in my life. There was a season in my life as I look back where there was a girl. Always a girl. And this person, this relationship, man, it was the thing I treasured more than anything that Jesus had to offer. Maybe you remember when you were younger, 
girls, maybe there's the boy. And this is what you searched for. This is what you went for. This is what you wanted the most. And it was the greater treasure than anything Jesus had to offer. There was a season in my life or a career, a life that I had in my head designed for a lifestyle that I thought I wanted was the greatest treasure. It was the thing I pursued. It was greater than anything Jesus had to offer. I knew what my treasure was. I was thinking back this week to entering college, 1998. For some of you, it makes me old, and some of you, it makes me still a baby, right? Like, I know it goes through your head. And go to college in 1998, and there was nothing more in my life than I wanted was to play college basketball. This was absolutely, I can't even, I can't even pretend it wasn't. This was my treasure, But because of a series of events, this was taken away. Some of you know that season of my life and the weird story, how that played out. But it was taken away. And it was in that moment, that season of my life, that I was put in the place where I had to ask myself, what was I going to treasure now? What was going to matter most to me now? What was my life going to be about now? We all have that moment, that season when things change or things don't work out the way we want and we are asked, what is life going to be about now? I had to ask myself this. And I'll tell you, God used this moment in my life to help me see what my treasure needed to be. I tell you, as I look back to, to 1998, I look back to that moment, and I am doing what I'm doing today. I am who I am today because it was then that I decided what God wanted for my life was the greatest treasure that I wanted for my life. I wanted God to be the center of my life. I wanted what he wanted. I wanted his kingdom to reign in me. I wanted his kingdom to be what I experienced here on earth. But the only way I could receive that treasure was to say, God, you, I mean, the world can have everything else because I want you. It was me being able to, in that moment, say, whatever makes me, me, I want to give that to you, God. The world can have the world. But I want you to hear me say something right now. And this, for the next three minutes, is going to be a little shaky ground, and I want you to see it through. That moment in my life, that moment where I said this wasn't me just saying that I believe that Jesus was the Savior of the earth. It wasn't just that. 
That moment went so much deeper. That moment was me saying, you can be the ruling authority of everything in my life. And this is important because I want to be really precise with you today. To receive and live in the treasure that God has provided wants me to have. The treasure that Jesus spoke to those disciples about what he wanted them to have. What Jesus was asking from me was not just a simple prayer. It was not just a simple prayer where I said, Jesus, you can come into my life, or Jesus, you can come into my heart. It wasn't a pr simple prayer of just, God, come into my life, come into my heart. And I say this because I think sometimes, and I know why we do it, but sometimes we boil down to what God is asking from us is to say a prayer, and we call it a prayer of repentance, and God, you can come into my heart, but I don't see this in Scripture. I'm saying shaky ground here. See me through it. I don't see in Scripture Jesus going, say these words, now you can have the treasure. This prayer, this moment is exchanged from this. No, I think Jesus is not saying, I am, want you to say, I invite you into my life. I think what he's saying is, you need to say, I'll give you my life. I want to be very precise with this because I don't want any heretical or you posting about me, whatever. I want to be really clear here that I think Jesus, when he's offering this treasure, is very clear in this parable. The man couldn't just take the treasure because he saw it. He had to leave and he had to go sell everything so we could have the treasure. He couldn't just say, oh, I believe that's the treasure, and I want that treasure, so now I'll take it. There was an action that needed to happen. When we say, God, I give you my life, what we're doing is we're making everything in our life available to him to do whatever he wants with it. This is the only way he can sit on the throne in our life. It's full access. It's full authority. And this is why I get frustrated sometimes. I know why we do it. I'm not even condemning it, but like, I, I know why we do it with little kids. And I know, but like, we're, let's talk as adults here. I get frustrated when we boil down this moment of of receiving everything that God has for us to a prayer and then we go back to a regularly scheduled life. And I know you've seen it happen and you may have done it. But when God is offering the kingdom of heaven, he's saying, go and sell everything, get rid of it, and then you can have what I have for you. And it's not simply just acknowledging the treasure, it's going, I'll give you, God, everything in my life, because I want what you have. I want who you are. I want your kingdom to reign in my life. That day in 1998, I had to die to the kingdom of Scott so I could begin to live in the kingdom of heaven. 
This was really important. This is very important in how we walk with Jesus. Now, I want to tell you in that moment, and still today, I'm still growing into this. I'm still maturing into this. But I want to tell you my intentions that work day were to sell everything so that I could have everything that Jesus was offering. And I wonder sometimes if we undersell what the treasure Jesus is offering to us and if we undercommit what we're willing to give up for it. Think about your life. Do we undersell all that Jesus is offering that we don't realize how great it is, how great the kingdom of heaven coming from heaven here on this earth and his, his, everything he wants to be done. Do we undersell how great of a life that is? And do we, do we get in a place where we're not willing to give up everything because we don't see how big of a treasure that is. Matthew. Matthew in his gospel is needing to make it clear to his Jewish audience in order to live in everything God has for you, everything he's changing in this earth, you have to leave all the other treasures behind. You have to leave all the treasures behind because you need to get rid of anything that would come over top have more of a priority than God being God on the throne in your life. This is why in Matthew 6, Matthew quotes Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. He just simply says, but seek first. What? His kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those other things will be given to you as well. All those things that inside of you, you just have, a, have, a, have a, a, a hunger for. You search his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be worked out in our life. I want you to know that my life, that moment, my freshman year, was not the moment that I became perfect, because I'm still searching for that moment. It's not when everything was made perfect. But it was the beginning of me waking up with a different purpose. It was the beginning of me waking up with a different meaning for life. It was the beginning of me waking up and saying, there's a reason now that I'm living, because God now is ruling in my life. And I'm now a part of what he is doing here on this earth. I'm a part of what Matthew will say later, um, Matthew 28, where go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name, and then teach them how to obey me. Teach them about this life to live. I get to be part of building this kingdom of God here on earth that it changed for me that day. Everywhere I went, no matter who I was with or what I was doing, now my central theme of my life has changed. It wasn't that I was called into ministry as a pastor. It was I was called into a ministry of bringing his kingdom to this earth, which we can all relate to. There's a belief we have here that every Christian is called into ministry. 
every person is called into receiving this treasure that Jesus is offering. Receiving this treasure, which isn't just something to be experienced later, it's experienced now as we put him central on the throne of our life and then we take it to the world. May your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. My desire today is really simple. My prayer today is really simple, is that we wake up in the morning tomorrow with something more to live for. No matter what season in your life, you'll wake up with a purpose that maybe you've forgotten. That you'll wake up and say, I've got a job today, I've got something to do. Above everything else, even the coffee. Above everything else, I wake up thinking about, God, how are you going to use me today? What are you going to do in my life today? I give you everything. May your will be done in my life today. Because I need you to continue to build your kingdom in my life, but I'm a part of building your kingdom here on this earth. And so I need to ask a very important question throughout my day. And that question is simply this. Are the decisions I'm making today leading me to the treasure God has for me? Are the decisions I'm making today leading me to the treasure that God has for my life? Or am I valuing something else? Is there anything in my life that I'm putting over God's kingdom, God's way, God's authority in my life? Today is the last day of this Off the Fence series. And I told you from the very beginning we got choices to make. Which side of the fence are you going to live on? On one side of the fence is this kingdom of earth and all the treasures. The gold rush is there to run after. But there's the other side of the fence where's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the ultimate treasure for our life. And we've got to choose which treasure matters more because the decision we make about that dictates so much about our future. God has salvation for you. God has new life for you. But it isn't about something in the future, it's about today. Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is here. But what's your treasure going to be? For some, you've never, never said, God, I want you to be the treasure of my life and all the life you have for me. I'd love for you to make that decision. For others, you in your mind have said, or even personally, you've said a prayer. But I hope you heard me. There's a difference in saying a prayer and going back to regular life and saying a prayer and saying, God, you can have my life. There's a difference. And so maybe for you, you have accepted Jesus as the Savior, but he's still not 
on the throne of your life and, and maybe just a slight turn can go, God, I'm sorry I kept chasing the gold, whatever your gold is, the gold, when there was a greater treasure over here. Maybe we head into this summer and you start experiencing God in a way you haven't before because you go, I want that treasure. I want you and everything that comes with you. And I'm just not going to invite you into my life. I'm going to give you my life. And I'm going to make available everything that's in me, full access, full authority. And I'm going to see where that treasure leads me because I know where other treasures have led me. I know where other treasures have led me to nothing but regrets, always falling short, the world just taking advantage of me. And you've got a decision to make. Get off the fence, pick a side. And I'll tell you the side I'm gonna choose. It's the same size I, side I chose in 1998. I'm gonna continue to choose it. I'm going to fail, and I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to choose it because I believe that treasure is so much better. And I'm going to try to continue to grow into all what that means for my life. But you've got a choice to make. And so, Heavenly Father, help us to make that choice. May your Spirit speak to us in powerful ways. That we, that God, there be people today that they would, they would say, God, I give you my life, all of it, so I can have the treasure of your son Jesus and the kingdom of heaven that comes with him. I want your will to be done in my life. Forgive me of my sin of chasing after the kingdom of Scott when there is another treasure that would change how I live my life, help us, to, help us to respond to this message that Jesus gave a couple thousand years ago. Help us to respond in the way he wanted them to respond. God, we've, we see it. We found it. But what are we going to do with it? God, help us to decide, not just in this moment, but tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Change our life. Give a reason for us to wake up in the morning more than just we have to, but we get to because of what you're going to do in our lives and through our lives. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.